Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia. I am live not only on our Facebook, our YouTube, our Twitter, but also on our Instagram. So if you're out there watching, go ahead and leave a comment uh, or question in the comments, and I'll try to get to them as best I can. So let's review this weekend. Obviously, we do this every Sunday, uh, review the weekend series. This weekend, Angels had, I think, two very winnable games this weekend. One they actually cashed in on, that was today, Sunday. Uh, But the first one I think they could have easily won was Friday. You know, with Oakland coming to town, Oakland is a first-place team in the division. I think the Angels had to play a really good game to beat them, and I felt for the most part, at least the very early part of that game on Friday, they did play a very good game. A little bit of a question, or not question, but concern because of Jose Quintana on the mound, not necessarily knowing what you're going to get from Jose, but Jose actually did very well this this game. Um, He gave up a home run in the third inning to Mark Canna. Uh, that was pretty much honestly like his only blemish. Like I, like I mentioned, not a bad game by Jose Quintana. Uh, Mark gets a home run in the first, so Oakland's or in the third, so Oakland's up 1 0. But Jose Iglesias answers back with his fourth home run of the year, and that ties the game at one. And it would pretty much stay that way all the way until the sixth inning. And this is kind of a little bit where, um, Jose got in a little bit of trouble. He ends up getting the first out of the, of the inning. And then in the sixth inning, um, actually, he gets uh, Loriano gets a double. Uh, Olsen pops out. Chad Pender single. So now there's two on uh, with one out. And this is where they bring in Mike Myers, which I liked that move off the bat. I know the results are weren't great for at that time, but thinking about it, I like Mike Myers there because it's a high leverage situation. And I've talked to, I've talked about. Use some of these guys, your better bullpen guys in high leverage situations. Mike Myers has proven at times to be a, a quality high leverage guy. So what happens is he gives up a double. So those two runs come around to score that were originally on Katana. Um, so Katana's book was closed at that point. He went five and a third, six hits, three earned runs. And remember, one of them that he gave up on a home run. The other two were from the double that came off of the Mike Myers pitch. He ended up walking only three, striking out four. So, again, Jose's kind of getting a little bit better. Jose is, I don't want to say turn the corner because I, I think that's kind of a little bit too positive right now, but I think he is getting better. He's just having some bad luck with um, 
you know, leaving guys on base, coming out of the games, and the bullpen giving up those inherited runners. So it looks really bad on his ERA. But again, if you look at the whole game on, on this one on Friday, he technically only gave up one run off that home run. Yeah, he kind of put Myers in a bad situation, but you would hope that Myers being a high leverage guy would be able to um, answer that call a little bit better and not give up that double, not give up those runs that he inherited. But that's what happened. So they go up, the A's do, three to one. And you know what? And in this game, if you watched it or you were there, I really felt like, and this is one of the reasons why I felt Oakland kind of was almost trying to give this away. They ran into a lot of outs. Granted, there were some really good defensive plays um, for the Angels in this game. Uh, Jose Rojas was playing right field. He had a, a two great throws. One was a relay off a double um, that threw, I believe, Olsen out at the plate, saved a run there in the early innings, and later on gunning out a guy going home on a on a sack fly. Um, both plays were really good, and it helped the Angels you know, stop big innings that would have could have made it a lot worse. And they ran it. Like I said, the Oakland A's ran into a lot of outs and it kind of played into the angels hands in that way. So again, angels down uh, three to one going into this bottom of the six, Jared Walsh, a guy that we have mentioned over and over and over again, that this guy needs to step up with trout's absence in the lineup. He now needs to be that third guy behind Otani and Rendon. And, and he hits a home run, you know, Unfortunately, it seems like a lot of his home runs, and even today, were with uh, no one on base, and that's kind of unfortunate. But he hits a single uh, solo blast that gives it a three-two lead for the um, for the Oakland still. But then Juan Lagares comes in, triples off a line drive, and I think I was there. Me and my wife were at the game. This place went absolutely nuts. It went, you know, working its way back, and you kind of already knew what the tone of the game was because, again, Trout's out. You give up that lead. It was tied. You give up the lead. But now they worked their way back in the sixth inning, the late innings, and you kind of feel better about your situation. So in guards triples, on a line drive to right, you got Ward and Rojas score. So now the Angels are up three to four. And this is where this is where I kind of think a little bit of the Madden situation and the bullpen situation kind of um, shows its head again. Again, Myers comes in for Kutana in the sixth inning, gives up those that hit that scored a two, but then gets out the rest of the inning unscathed. Bottom of the sixth, like I mentioned, you're able to take the lead again and able to put yourself in a, in a good situation going into the seventh. You would think seven, eight, nine. Obviously, you use Myers. You would think you would use Walton and and um, and Iglesias, maybe Strickland in those situations going into this game. Um, but Mike Myers stays in the game in the seventh, ends up reaching on a throwing air by and for as many people as, and I was one of them thought his defense would not skip a beat going from spring training to, um, the regular season. Iglesias defense has struggled so much so far. And it's kind of mind boggling to think that, you know, in, in spring training, he was absolutely killing it. He was absolutely, um, you know, it seemed like anything around him he was getting and taking and 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 turning it into an easy out or making it look easy. And that is not has just not been the case this year. His his defense. His offense has seemed to be turning around. Hits an, another home run this weekend. Um, a couple home runs this weekend, key hits. But it just seems like his defense has been really struggling, and that seemed like it was gonna be his 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 part of the, that he's gonna give to the team the best. The 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 one part where you can really depend on was the defense. But he uh 
Matt Canna, Mark Canna gets the second on a throwing air from Jose Iglesias. Again, it should have been an easy out. Chapman strikes out swinging. Um, Loriano singles on, on a sharp ground ball to right field. So now Canna's out at home. And again, this is the one where um, Rojas comes up throwing. So it wasn't a, a sack fly. I remembered it wrong. It was just a, a regular line drive to Jose. Guns him out at home. You know it saved a run. So now you kind of have the momentum. At this point, Matt Olsen's up. And now you have, for pretty much two out of the three guys, they've hit the ball hard off of Myers. You have a lefty and 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 Olsen coming up. You have Watson uh, available in the bullpen that can throw to, to lefties that has not been used that game. You even had Dylan Peters up earlier in the game that Madden looked like he was kind of questioning whether or not to bring him in, but he sat him down. And I'm just thinking at this point with two strong – contact plays you know obviously both of them turned out to be out or one was an error one was a, an out at the plate but still you would think you might want to come in bring in watson the face or yeah watson the face olsen lefty versus lefty but he don't he keeps olsen or he keeps myers in olsen walks and now you have two on with chad pender coming on the plate Traditionally, and I was one of them, righty versus righty, you're thinking, okay, Myers might have the the advantage in this situation. Granted, he's been in there for over an inning now. Granted, he's been his his pitch count's kind of up there for a reliever. Come to find out that Pinder has split a better splits against lefties or against righties than lefties. So at this point, you would think Madden and his staff would have a perfect you know, communication process to tell Madden, hey, this guy actually hits righties a lot better than lefties. Let's bring a lefty, one of our better lefties in and Watson. Nope, Madden leaves him in next. And actually, it's funny. It goes to a uh, meeting on the mound and Chad Pender slams a home run. Second home run of the year. Now it's six of four Oakland. And unfortunately, the, the, the change came a little too late because now Myers is still in. You have Jed Lowry single again off of Myers, who's still in there. And I think, again, this is probably two or three batters too late. Uh, mound visit. Watson now comes in, strikes out Murphy. So, unfortunately, you know, the it just seemed at that point the energy was out of the ballpark. You worked so hard to get back into the game, take the lead, and it seemed like you left one of your relievers out there way too long to face the wrong kind of matchup. And that seems like what happened with Joe. And it got even worse for the Angels as – you know, Anthony Rendon comes up with two on in the bottom of the seventh, and you're thinking this is the guy you want. This is the guy that is uh, – or not two on, one on. Um, this is the guy you want up in this situation with Latani on base. And unfortunately, he gets a hold of one, but as someone put in our chat here on uh, Instagram, um, Roman Lariano absolutely steals a home run off the cent- – um, over the center field fence, which would have totally changed the game all over, but it didn't. They were able to, to survive that. You bring in Iglesias later in the game. Obviously, Raziel Iglesias has not been the best in non-safe situations, and it shows it again in this game, giving up two solo home runs. So the A's end up winning 8-4 to four in a game that I really felt was very winnable, very um, in the Angels' hands because, like I mentioned, the A's were running into outs almost seems like all game where uh, they were pushing the tempo, pushing the tempo, and the Angels were able to react and get them out at the plate or get them out trying to stretch, you know, um, a double into a triple or going first to third. It just seems like 
the Angels weren't able to capitalize. And when they did, the, the bullpen, the bad bullpen showed up. And you'll see on today's game, Sunday's game, the good bullpen showed up. So it's just, again, one of those things that keeps on happening is that you just don't know what bullpen is going to show up. And unfortunately, it seems like the bad bullpen shows up quite a bit more than the good bullpen right now in the Angels uh, season. It just has not worked out for them. It's just you feel bad for Jose Quintana, pitched a really good game, looking for that first win of the year. Left with and you know in a good situation, not a great but good situation. If um, Myers can get out of that inning without giving up those two runs, but then again, you know Angels had the lead again that later that inning and weren't able to hold it. And on Instagram, aside from the players not performing up to par, Artie can give a bleep about how we're doing as a club. He is the new Frank McCourt. Well, at least Artie isn't bankrupt, so I guess there's that going for him. So. Um, owners are owners. I mean, owners look at this as a toy. I don't know. I don't know what's a good owner uh, as far as, you know, it just seems like when teams do good, they're, they're, they're GMs and their scouting department. That's the part of the team that gets the benefit. You don't rarely hear, oh, they have a great owner. So I don't know what defines a good owner. I just see good teams having good GMs and good scouting and able to find gyms and be able to develop players. To me, that's what a good team has is a, a really good um a really good farm system a really good eye for guys that are kind of discarded or maybe they find guys that are cheap and they can tweak one or two things the next thing you know he's a legit you know contributor to a team i don't know if that's necessarily in the owner's part but i understand um was at the game today amazing atmosphere the stadium went crazy when tony emerged from the dugout yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's get to saturday's game real quick um obviously saturday we had um have uh patrick sandoval making a second start of the year for the angels he went five innings four hits two earned runs two walks three strikeouts so again another not a bad outing by a starting pitcher for the angels uh but you know again the bad bullpen shows up giving up two runs uh sandoval did but then you got claudio strickland and Junior Gara coming in for a total of, what, four innings and giving up four runs uh, to lose this game 6-2. Uh, to two. You know, it just, it's, just seems like once it starts rolling downhill, the Angels have a hard time stopping it. Um, and that's kind of what happened here with, obviously, Sandoval gets up two, so he doesn't help the situation at all. But when you go five innings for, with two runs, off a pitcher that is still kind of being stretched out right now. Sandoval isn't what I would call in, in mid-season form by any means, but he still gave you five innings, two runs. You would think with an offense like the Angels, even without Mike Trout, you have Otani, you have Jared Walsh, you have Rendon. Um, you think they would be able to produce a little more, but it's hard to produce all these runs when your bullpen is consistently giving them up. And I don't know exactly what happened to Hunter Strickland. When he came over, he was supposed to be – a guy that was going to help this team's bullpen, help this team in the um, in key situations. And he just has not been that since coming over. I don't know if he's just because he got moved to the Angels and maybe because performance-wise, the Angels aren't where the, the Rays were and as far as competing. I don't know. But he's a guy that I think was looked at to help this bullpen, and that's he has not by any means helped the bullpen at all. But Saturday, Otani uh, gets two hits and RBI. Um, but other than that, you know, the offense goes really cold. Another hit by Lagares, two by Fletcher. But other than that, you know, the the offense is just gets really cold, only able to generate two runs 
and the Oakland A's were able to win this game six to two. And so that goes into Sunday. Uh, already has a has dropped the ball over and over again when the owner never commits to winning and has late uh, has late every winner and chooses when has been. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Rendon's a has been. We'll see how that's going to play out. I think that's still early about that, but I think there's no doubt about it. Artie is super infatuated with names, and I think that's why he got Joe uh, Madden, which I don't know if that was the best higher and that's why he got the pool holes but that was a whole business decision behind pool holes as far as getting a big name like albert pools helped the angels get the tv deal it has now which in turn probably means you're able to now re-sign trout to the big deal he has so i think the albert thing for on the field wasn't great but if you look at the big picture of the business part of it that albert signing with the angels Angels getting that huge TV deal to get the extra money led to, without a doubt, them being able to afford um, Trout's extension. You know, obviously one of the highest paid players in baseball. I don't think that happens without the other. And then you look at Forbes put out just recently a like top five or top six value teams in Major League Baseball. And the Angels weren't on that list. So for everyone that thinks that they are a quote unquote big market team. I definitely don't see that. I don't think they're a big market team. I think the worst thing the angels do is trying to compete like they're a big market team and they can't afford to eat up mistakes like the Yankees can, or like the Dodgers can. I think honestly the, the angels best and fans aren't going to like this at all, but I think their best road to being competitive is doing the small market thing is just, I don't know. I just think the angels aren't as big as a lot of people think they are. Um, what, what picture will we get next year? I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how some of these guys do. I mean, there's not a lot of big names that are going to be out in the free agent market. I guess the biggest one would be Syndergaard. But again, I mentioned this last week. He has yet to pitch in a game this year recovering from Tommy John. So even when he does come back, which is going to be mid to late July right now, that's kind of what they're talking about right now. And that could change easily. But even if he comes and struggles the rest of the year, coming back from Tommy John, do you trust that is putting investing a lot of money in that guy? And that can come to, again, already loving big names, already loving, you know, throwing money around for, for, for huge names and not being able for them and them not producing like you expect. And that can very easily happen with Syndergaard where, you know, he might have a good, you know, second half of the season, but you just don't know how it's going to react after that Tommy John surgery. As much as it pains me, we need to trade uh, Rendon and Otani. No, we don't. That's just super over-exaggerating. Um, they've been trying to keep up as a big market team when they're obviously not. That's why they should have rebuilt five years ago. I agree. I think they should have rebuilt a little while ago. Obviously, after 2014 and it didn't work out after the division, I think that's probably the time you, you would really look at a rebuild in that situation. I don't think um, – yeah, I don't think they ever really truly rebuild, rebuild like a lot of teams do. They try to rebuild and be competitive, which is really hard. And you're seeing that now that the Angels trying to compete and rebuild at the same time. Um, it's it, it's really hard. It's re- You have to roll the dice on some players. And you have to hope. Um, you you really have to hope that, you know, they, they come up and overperform their contract. And that is not has happened with the Angels at all. There are a bunch of pitchers next year. We're we're the anti-moneyball team. I don't know if there's a. I mean, there's a bunch of pitchers next year, but as far as frontline starters um, going in or 
being a free agent next year. I do not see that at all. Again, there's like one or two guys that are probably going to get um, huge offers, like Syndergaard and um, uh, the guy from Washington, uh, Matt Serger. But other than that, you're all that means you're talking about guys that are really old. Don't know if you know at a certain point they're going to start coming down off of that, and it just doesn't seem like. Um, the Angels can't afford to take a huge gamble on them. But, you know, there's always going to be uh, free agents. Obviously, that's just how it, it's going to work out. But I just don't think there's a huge, huge number of free agents that are going to be like, like I mentioned, shut down front end starter types that are going to turn your team around. I mean, I'm sure they'll be okay. Uh, Artie's ego won't let the Angels become a big market team. He wants to be the one and only owner. Yeah, I mean, that's his right. I mean, it's the ownership. I mean, can't fault him for that. Should the Angels sign Otani to a long to a long extension or wait until next year? Well, they have him for two years. I say wait. There's no reason to sign him for an extra long extension. We don't necessarily have to. Angels aren't bad, aren't a bad team. They're just super inconsistent. I think that's uh I think that's very obvious that they are very consistent because they are putting up some good totals and they are having some good pitching performances, but they cannot they can. It just seems like they cannot piggyback a good pitching performance, starting wise, piggyback it with a good bullpen performance, and vice versa. It seems like Sunday with Dylan Bundy, and we'll get to that one right now. Dylan Bundy goes on the mound, goes two and a third, gives up five hits, four earned runs. But after that, you have the bullpen pitch the whole rest of the game, only giving up one run, and that one run wasn't even earned. So it just uh, a throwing error again off of Watson. He got hit in the arm and tried to rush a throw. So. It just seems like the Angels are very inconsistent as far as, um, you know, the bullpen game. A bullpen has a really good game one game, but then can't the starting pitching doesn't seem to help them at all, and then vice versa. The, the starting pitching has a really good game, and the bullpen does not help at all either. So it just seems like it's, this team is very inconsistent. West side for life, Boski. Uh, would you make any moves to try to keep us close to contention this year? I wouldn't make it yet. Um, it's still real early. Um, because anything you do now is going to cost even more than you if we were to get at the at the trade deadline, and there's nothing guaranteed. I still would wait a little bit closer to to the um to the trade deadline. Super inconsistent is bad. We're the best worst team though, hands down. Yeah, super inconsistent is bad. That's like a um a Captain Obvious uh commercial if I ever heard one. Um, yeah. So going back to the free agent pitching market next year. You have Zach Greinke, who is 38 years old. So I don't know if you want to go over that. Justin Verlander, 39 years old. Again, a guy that spends a lot of money. Kershaw, 34 years old. Matt Serger, 37 years old. So when you say there's a lot of pitchers in the market next year, yeah, there's a lot of pitchers, but I just don't see any ones that you're going to want to build a team around or build um, – you know, again, like we're talking, you're going to try to build a winner right now. And if it doesn't work, you're back. Should we go sign King Felix? Is he is, is Felix Hernandez even in Major League Baseball right now? I doubt it. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts 
USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strip, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. Yeah, Verlander, Kershaw, Serger, uh, Cueto. Again, these are all 36, 37, 34, 39, 38 years old. So um, people, Serger for two years. That sounds great, but is Serger going to want that or is he going to want to get more money? Again, it's great when you're sitting here as a fan and say, hey, just go sign this player for this much. But you have no idea what the player wants. The player might want four years. And then it doesn't really matter what, what the, the Angels offer them if they're not going to give them that extra couple of years. But other than that, I mean, what? Alex Cobb is an Angel free agent. Um, Danny Duffy. Um, Corey Kluber. He might have a great year. He's going to be 37 next year. He might want to, after having a no-hitter this year, he might want to overcharge because he's only making $11 million right now. He continues to have a great year. You can look at that number to be up in the 20s some, at some point next year. These pitchers aren't uh, good pitchers compared to the pitchers we have. These pitchers are good pitchers. They are now, but what are they going to be next year? What are they going to be? Again, I said this last time. These guys right now that I'm mentioning, Verlander, Kershaw, Serger, Cueto, 35 and up pretty much, except for Kershaw, who's 34. They are going to be on their way down at some point, obviously. They're over 35. The pitching staff or the players that they have right now, the Angels do, the majority of the pitching staff is like 25 and under. So at what point do you think that these, you know, Hall of Fame type of pitchers that are Kershaw and Verlander and Serger are going to degress enough to where they're going to be below the progressive uh, or the younger guys that are progressing? So, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see these names, but – for everyone that says that already just signs names and this and that, this, this would be doing the exact same thing and doesn't guarantee anything with, you know, these pitchers that are just, you know, like I mentioned, Granky's 38. He's going to be like 39. You really want a 39-year-old pitcher on your roster that doesn't throw hard at all? And granted, he might give you a couple of good uh, starts, but do you think it's going to be for the, the, the length of the contract or be able to uh, push this team into the playoffs? I would sign Sergio and Cueto for two years with an option of third. Again, that's great, but if you're going to give them an option for third, there's a good chance that they're not going to want that option. They're going to want that third year guaranteed, and then what? Um, I really want the team to have less errors going forward. Errors have, Angels have had lost two games going uh, – has lost two games because of errors. Yeah, errors, they've had error all at least one error this whole weekend. It's something that needs to be cleaned up, something that will help the team – and probably honestly the pitching too, because when the pitcher knows that his team isn't going to make errors behind him, he's more likely to um, throw a ball that he knows is going to get, you know, a, a ground ball behind him or something like that. And it just does not seem to be happening at all. Uh, let's be real. This was the off season to sign pitching. There was so many young slash good arms out there. The angels dropped the ball. San Diego did one off season, but the angels, I don't know if this, this last off season, I mean, you want to talk about trading players then. Yeah. I mean, sh- um, 
Snell was probably the biggest name right now in the offseason, but it just I, I look at who signed this last offseason. Um, Trevor Bauer obviously getting a ton of money. I think that was over he was overpaid. Cody Rizzi, I think he's injured. He has not performed. Tywan Walker has not performed. Charlie Morton, you probably could have done a deal for him. He's been okay, but like who who else? You know, Paxton is injured. He's out for the year. Richards has turned it around, sure. Kluber, you could have made a deal, but he was already saying he was going to the East Coast. The Angels were never into that. So it's easy to say that they could have went out and signed all these guys, but when you start looking at the details and reading stories about what these guys preferred, Angels weren't involved in a lot of these guys because they just weren't interested in going to the West Coast or weren't interested in leaving the team they were on. I mean, that's just the sad truth. Um, can we move Upton and Bundy in a package for pitching? No, you cannot, because if anything, if you move those two, you're getting – long shot type of players because you have to uh they're going to have to eat up Upton's contract unless the Angels eat up 85% of that contract then maybe you get a good um Odorizzi, Bauer, Kluber, Miley, Morton, Walker, Tanaka, Darvish. Darvish wasn't a free agent, that was a trade. Um Odorizzi is on horrible this year. Bauer is way overpriced. Uh, Kluber was again always going to the uh, East Coast. Never looked at a West Coast team at all. Uh, Tyron Walker, Tanaka, and Darvish. Again, Darvish was a trade, so that had nothing to do with it. Um, Stassi trade trade while he has some value when he comes back healthy. Um, again, these trades that you guys are talking about aren't going to bring back a big prospect. I mean, you're you're probably going to get a middle of the road prospect um, that needs some development, and that's about what you can expect. Um, this Kafani, uh, for what next year? Um, uh, you know, what did he end up doing? You know, he signed pretty cheap, I will say that. But how's this year? He's with Cincinnati, so I'm not a hunt. Oh, he's with the Giants, but yeah. I guess you could have signed him, but I didn't know idea who the hell that was before the before right now. I take any of those guys over anything we have right now. I think that's just being over dramatic. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. Um, so you would take any of those guys over. Otani is kind of crazy, but I understand why the fans get all um, dramatic about it. But again, Angels win Sunday after coming back and then blowing the lead and then coming back again. Again, Otani was out of the lineup to give him some rest, which I think he needs to get more of. Um, uh, but I think you know, him pitch hitting in a situation where he bases loaded late in the game. I think that worked out really well for the angels and he ends up getting a sack fly that would tie. And then later on the angels would win later on. They end up angels are able to save one game against Oakland. Six to five was the final score. Um, are you surprised that Dale and or Marsh weren't called up with trout injury? No, I am not surprised at all. A Adele is killing it offensively in triple a, but he's, there's still some kind of defensive, Stuff he works on. He is playing both left and right field right now, so he's getting reps at that. Marsh has not played enough. He has played a week, two weeks worth of baseball, and he is technically nursing a sore shoulder right now. I was out in, um, I was out in Arizona, not Arizona. I was out in Vegas on Saturday and talked to both of them actually. And uh, Brandon didn't play yesterday. Brandon didn't play today. He's, he's nursing a sore shoulder. So, again, these guys, you're not able to rush up. I think they're doing fine. Um, but I definitely think you will see Joe. Joe is on a tear right now. I think he's got a, uh, a home run in the last four games. 
He hit two today. He is leading AAA baseball in home run, but he is a all or nothing kind of player where he is striking out a lot, but he is hitting the, it's either one or the other. And I think the Angels ha- want to see him be a little bit more consistent with his whiff rate and, and being able to put the ball in play a little bit more. Obviously, they love the power. Obviously, they love um, that part of his game, but they're looking for a little better, uh, not striking out nearly as much as he is. And I think if you're striking out quite a bit at AAA, you know, obviously those numbers are going to grow a little bit more once you get to the major. So I think they wanted him to bring down those those strikeout numbers in the AAA. And again, there's no rush for him. I think the outfield has been fine. Offensively, we've been fine. Offensively, you see they scored, was it, six runs today. Since the Trout in- injury, uh, which is pretty much a, a week now, it's going to be a week tomorrow, they score seven, they score five. Obviously, they score three against the twin or the Indians in the one game, but then they score seven against Minnesota, three against Minnesota, four against Oakland, two, and then six. So obviously, there's some games in there where they score only two or three, but for the most part, they're scoring a lot of runs. It's, oh, it's still going to come down to the pitching. That's always what it's going to come down to. Oh, yeah, not Otani. He's the only one that's been good. Bundy has been good to his ERA slash record doesn't reflect what he's done this season. I I disagree with Bundy. I don't think Bundy's as good as he was last year. And there and there's there was news that came out today that Bundy has been nursing his an ankle injury for the last two starts. And I'm guessing this start too. But to me, you saw it with Otani when his velo was down, he was still able to pitch and still able to get outs and um relied on his command and relied on on just kind of gritting through it. I don't think Bundy's that good of a pitcher to where when he's on, yeah, he can he can he can definitely work on some things and definitely get guys out, but when he's not um 100% in the show today and show the last three starts, he's not the type of guy as much as he would love to be the guy that grits his teeth and gets through it and is a team player and eats up innings even though he's not 100% I don't think he's that good of a pitcher to where when he's at 85%, he can get through a major league lineup um, without some major damage. And I think that's on Joe. And someone asked on here, um, how do you like Madden as a manager? I'm kind of not thrilled with it. I think Joe is kind of giving these guys a little too much of their own leeway. Like I would love Joe to sit there and be like, are you healthy? No. Okay. We're going to push you back or we're going to IL you just to get healthy because I guarantee you today before this game, they probably went to Bundy and asked him how he's doing. And Bundy's like, I want to pitch. And whether that is a gut feeling that Madden had or what, but I think Bundy needs to sit down for a while. If this ankle is as bad as it looked today, as far as not being able to get through like two or three innings, he needs to go on the aisle and get hundred percent healthy. Cause like I mentioned, Bundy's not that great of a pitcher to where if he's 75, 80% that he's going to be able to get through a major league lineup once or even twice without getting some major damage. So he needs to get healthy and, and come back as Bundy was last year because that will help the team, not Bundy trying to limp his way out there, trying to be, you know, everyone's All-American, which is great. I understand. I can respect him for it, but it doesn't help the team because it's, you're not that good of a pitcher. Um, the Giants GM is killing it. Wish we could have signed him. Looks uh, Look at the Giants staff, and they're all on one-year deals, but we need to quit comparing, I guess. Got to give Paris. Yeah, um, the GM from the Giants – I believe he had – I think he had history with Tampa Bay. So he brings in that money ball, small ball, knows where to look for kind of things from Tampa Bay, which, again, Tampa Bay won with Joe, but they've been winning without Joe. So obviously Joe wasn't the reason why Tampa Bay was so good. Obviously we can see now that is that front office that is doing the job for Tampa Bay, not Joe. 
Um, how was your trip to Vegas? Any golf while you're out there? No, trip to Vegas was really fun. Uh, turnaround trip. So we left here. Me and my wife left Riverside at around 1230, uh, almost one o'clock. Got into Vegas, got to the Las Vegas ballpark. And if you guys are ever in Vegas and ever want to check out a game with the Aviators, whether it's the Bees or anyone else, I highly recommend going to that stadium. That stadium is awesome. That stadium is state-of-the-art. It is a beautiful stadium. Definitely check it out. But we got there, got something to eat, went into the stadium, talked a little bit with Brandon and Joe before the game, watched the game. Bees killed it. Joe hit a home run. Um, Renhefo got like two or three hits. A uh, really good performance all the way around. And then uh, talked to Joe or talked to Brandon a little bit after the game again. And then we left and came home that night, got home around 2.30 this, <laughs> this morning. So not a lot of time for golf out there, but definitely uh, one day will for sure. Uh, should they fire Madden? I think you should let Madden kind of wait until um, maybe he wants to retire. I don't know. Because um, if you fire him, you still got to pay him. And that means you're paying for him. You're paying for whoever the new manager would be. And then I think you're still probably technically playing for Osmus too. Cause I think Osmus was, a, was another well, paying for Osmus this year. That's right. Cause he had a, a weird uh, bonus year. So right now you're paying for two managers, Madden and Osmus. And next year, if you fired Madden, same thing, you'd be paying for two managers. So I think you have to let him retire. If not at the end of this year, you're really going to seriously think about what you want to do with them. I can't wait to see Marsh and Adele in that same outfield. Yeah, I think those two guys are going to be a lot of fun to watch. A lot of excitement. Joe is a very business type of excitement. Like, he knows when he hit a home run. He knows when uh, he crushed it. And he kind of pimps it out a little bit, which is fine with me. I love that. Brandon has a different kind of energy, but same kind of, but an excitement on its own. He is a kid out there playing a baseball game. If you've seen him play either in an empire at double a you know or any of these minor league uh stops you've had along the way he has a very kid-like appreciation for the game so that kind of excitement he will bring to a team for sure different than joe but i think they'll still bring two different types of excitement for sure uh non look great from all the highlights i could see today detmers and non could be great as soon as next season yeah and again, this team has a lot of young guys, and and not only just you mentioned Detmers, Naughton, um, you know, Brea, Sandoval, uh, Canning, K Rod, or uh, C Rod. Um, these are all pitchers that are like twenty five and under, which is crazy to think about. All these pitchers are twenty five and under. So if you hit out of those five names, I've I've uh, I've put out there, if two hit and become legit with Otani as you know doing continually doing that's a really good lineup or a really good rotation you just got to hope two of those five guys hit and if any more of those guys hit then it's just gravy but like I mentioned they're all like 25 and younger we're over here talking about the Angels should be signing these pitchers that are 30 you know 4 35 36 and yet these guys are 10 years younger than them so we we it sucks I get it we, it sucks we don't want we don't want to give them the time to develop we want them to be good now but let's look at it all these Guys, you want the Angels to sign. Bauer was 30, 31 when he signed his big deal this last year. 30, his 30-year-old season is when he won the Cy Young. These guys are still five, six years younger than that. Like, it sucks. I understand you want them to win now, but these guys are so freaking young. It's crazy. And everyone wants to say, let's get young pitching. We have young pitching. We just need to develop it. And that comes down to Madden. That comes down to the pitching staff. That comes down to, to Mickey not showing his, 
you know, his stuff to people and actually being able to coach out there, that's a huge part of it. Not just the players, but who you surround them with. And I just think the Angels haven't done a good job of that. And they tried, but then you got uh, Mickey over here doing things, and now he's not even part of the team anymore. So you can't blame the players for that. Do you? Uh, did I really miss the – did I already miss when is Marsh coming up question? Yeah, Marsh, again, he had he didn't play yesterday. He didn't play today. He's nursing a shoulder injury late to camp for family reasons. Um, so again, I don't think you'll see March up this year. I think you will see Joe Adele, Joe Adele up at some point this year. My guess is mid to late July, especially if he keeps on uh, the, uh, producing the offensive numbers he has right now. Uh, leads uh, AAA in home runs. Not in Detmer's Otani, and I'm not ready to write an epilogue on his career yet. Yet many are. Uh, we need only to have to worry about two more starters next year. And you can get, you know, if Rodriguez comes back from this injury, he's supposed to be out on rehab assignment this week. We'll see where that's going to be at. But if he comes back and they stretch him out the rest of the year, has no injury problems, he could be a starter next year easily or compete for a starting position next year. King Wong seems to have made some adjustments. Wouldn't mind seeing him get a longer look. Yeah, Wong is a, from what I remember, he's an infielder, but with Fletcher and Iglesias, and Phil, uh, goose, uh, uh, the goose is loose, uh, doing really good right now. Same thing with Rojas, doing really good right now. It just seems that that middle of the of the, uh, of the diamond is kind of congested for him to come up unless there's some kind of injuries. But Wong was actually looking really good when I was out there this weekend. I hope we pick up that Dobb high school kid in the draft. Major leaguers are already hitting him up on Twitter about his – grips uh i think it was mccullers who did that yeah i mean the draft's coming up we'll see what happens this will be perry Asian's first first draft and if you remember down to back to the poto he had a type he liked the college hitters he liked thice he liked ward he liked those guys that were a little more polished maybe not as high of a ceiling as some of these like super athletic high school guys are but they he liked that type of player and then you had um Oh, the last GM, I forget his name. He wanted the the athletic, young, uh, high ceiling, low floor, unfortunately, uh, type of player. And that's why you got Joe, Brandon, Jordan Adams, Jeremiah Jackson, like all these guys. And, uh, you know, besides Detmers, were all high school freak athletes that can do amazing things athletically. And you're just hoping they can put it together. So with Perry's next or first draft coming up, it'll be really, really interesting to see where he goes from there. Who he drafts, what kind of player he drafts, and if he can, if he's going to lean one way or the other to either maybe a developed pitcher or maybe a, a high school pitcher that needs maybe a couple years, or does he go after a college guy that maybe only needs one year in the minor leagues and will be ready? It'll be interesting to see um, how that goes. Who can you see the Angels getting as a pitching coach next season? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I have a Rolodex of pitching coaches or, or anything like that. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I, they tried to do. Obviously, the Astros were are really good at pitching. They have some really legit pitchers. They tried to hire uh, the pitching assistant pitching coach last year with Osmus. He didn't do great. They got rid of him and brought in Mick Calloway. And obviously, he was supposed to solve a lot of issues. And then he got in his situation and is not with the team right now, and probably won't be with the team long term after after this year. So. I don't know. I don't know, but I, they do need to. They need. They need to find someone that has a system, someone that has a 
I truly feel a singular vision that can hold guys accountable and make them work. I just think we need someone young. And this even goes down to the manager's spot. I think Joe is a little bit too old for some of these younger guys. Some of the stuff he's doing, like, oh, you can show up when you want to and work when you want to or, or, you know, get work in here and there. Like, if you're a younger guy, there's no one really to push you there. You might need a little more disciplinarian type of manager while they're young. And granted, Pools is gone, so he's old. He's gone. Upton is probably going to be gone at the end of next year anyway. So uh, the average age of this team is going to be way down. I think you need a younger guy that can kind of hold these guys accountable but still kind of relate to them because – Maybe he just got done playing two or three years ago and, and can help him that way. I just I just don't like the mixture of the coaches right now, managers right now. Mariners, Mariners season is slipping away. What kind what kind words would you say to another 2001 season funeral? Uh, yeah, the Mariners are not looking good, but the Angels are not taking advantage of that by any means. As I look at the standings right now, Seattle is still a game up on the Angels, and that's after they lost six in a row. Um, so it looks like they're going to be battling for the basement right now. Texas is coming into town Tuesday and Wednesday. They just got done winning three games from Houston in a row. So they are normally not that good, but they seem to be on some kind of a hot streak right now. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Do you see Otani winning the AL MVP? Definitely, especially if he can stay healthy and, and continue to bat at the level he is and be just a top five pitcher. He, he'll probably run away with the AL MVP easily. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Sports. Culture. Takes. TakeLine has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Compression and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, conversations, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. We need more people working baseball operations. I read somewhere we have 10 to 20 fewer guys, fewer on the staff than the average team. Not sure if that's uh, Moreno's being cheap or the GM's slacking. I think, honestly, that comes from last year. Um, with the with, And you heard this a lot last year with the COVID season and the lack of income, that a lot of scouts were not able to travel to teams and scout players so why keep them on staff, which is unfortunate as hell because obviously a lot of people and just, just like in regular life lost their jobs because of the whole COVID shutdown. But a lot of scouts and stuff like that lost their job because in 2020, you couldn't go anywhere. The only thing you can do is watch it on a computer or watch it on TV. And, you know, the GM and the assistant GM and maybe a couple of scouts can do that for you. You don't have to travel anywhere to see these guys. Now that the season is 
going and june 15th i believe is when the angel stadium is gonna be full capacity and now obviously you're gonna have more income for the team hopefully this gradually allows more scouts to come back but i think that was an already move to save money during the pandemic i think once perry got signed he did bring in a handful of more scouts in obviously not to the number that is somewhat average to the mlb but it kind of butted up against the start of the season and that's something you kind of want to do in the off season so if I had to take a guess, I think you wait to the off season, and then you probably will start seeing more scouts and more people like that um, get hired by the Angels. It's just, it was definitely a weird situation. Um, uh, I, I just think with the with the COVID, I think a lot of teams had to cut payroll somewhere, and I think unfortunately the Angels did it right there with, um, uh, with their scouts. Should the Angels sign the Astros' old manager? They would, or they maybe. But he's actually in Detroit right now. He is the manager for the Detroit uh, Tigers, and so I doubt he's coming to Anaheim. Uh, I know number one is getting is getting pitched, um, but what do you think about the Angels trying to get some swag on the team and get bias? Just a thought. I mean, swag isn't the issue. Offense isn't the issue. Um, they need pitching first and foremost. Um, and yeah, they can, they need, they just need a good off, uh, defensive shortstop. Like Iglesias has been turning it around a little bit with the bat, but I think that position for the angels and the type of pitches they normally go after, they need a defensive first, um, shortstop. And obviously bias is a good shortstop and he brings a bat, but that means it's going to cost you more too. So, um, if the funds and all that stuff were, were, if you had me divide the funds, I don't think. I would really concentrate too much on getting someone like bias just because I don't think that's a necessarily a huge need compared to some of the other things. Uh, who replaced Fabian uh, for the athletic? I don't think anyone did for sure. I don't think anyone has not that I'm aware of. Um, you said earlier, the pitchers we have are all young and are in their early twenties. I think people on here want to go after veteran pitchers and maybe mentor the young people, but I don't, that's the thing I don't get about how do you go and get these veteran pitchers? If you're going to have to trade the young pitchers to get them now, granted you can sign a couple free agency wise, but it takes a certain type of player to mentor a younger guy. That's trying to take his job. Like you see it all over sports you see it all over, you know, Aaron Rodgers is having his old thing in the Packers because he ain't going to mentor the guy that's trying to take over his job. And, you know, Brett Favre before him. And, and it takes a certain type of guy that will mentor a guy that's trying to take over his position. And I just, I don't, uh, a surger doesn't seem like the type. Surger seems very uh, get out of my way, young guy. Uh, that's just, that's how I see him. I don't know if he is like that. And same thing with Verlander. Granky is kind of an aloof kind of person to all his teammates in general. You don't see him spending a lot of time with his teammates. So in theory, that makes a lot of sense, getting a veteran pitcher to to mentor young pitchers. But I think that's really hard to find because you're going to have to find someone that wants to do that. And I'm not sure if there's a pitcher out there hanging on for his job that he's going to want to mentor the guy that's going to take his job from him. I mean, I just – I don't know. Maybe some of those guys are out there, but – me personally, I think that's really hard to find and it's easy to put out there and into the world and say this is what they need. I just don't think necessarily it's that easy to find or if there's a lot of those guys walking around. Uh, unfortunately, the Angels also cut ticket reps. There are only four. Matt Serger next year. 
hope they do it. I agree with the mentoring comment. Angels are so many middle infielders. These are the ones that need to be packaged with Adams, Marsh, or Adele for some pitching. Yeah, they do have a lot of middle infielders, but at the same time, they don't get a lot in return because you can go out there and every, I mean, I'm sure you look at a lot of minor league systems and I'm sure there's quite a bit of them probably have a handful of middle infielder types that can be packaged in some kind of deal. You want to look at the snail trade to get a, a snail from Tampa Bay this year. The, the parties had to give up a really good young pitcher and that's what they want. If they're going to give up a veteran type of pitcher with like two or three years left of control, they want a young pitcher to take his spot underneath him. And obviously middle infielders, Adele, Marsh, Adams, those are not pitchers. So it's easy to sit here and say, we'll give you two middle infielders and an outfielder for a young pitcher. But I don't think, I don't think, I don't think teams are going to take that at all. I do not think teams are going to shake their head and say, no, we can find some of value to play those positions easily. Uh, what pitchers should we target for uh, at the trade deadline? I honestly think at this point, Angels might be the sellers of the trade deadline if they don't switch it around quick. I don't think they buy right now because there's no guarantee of anything happening as far as them climbing up through the division. I mean, they're seven and a half back of Oakland. I definitely don't think they're going to make the wild card. You have Boston and Tampa Bay and the Yankees that are all 28 and 29 wins. I think those are probably going to be your favorites to get. I think the, honestly, I think the East is going to get three teams. So, which means the West is only going to get one. And I just, I don't know if I feel comfortable right now saying that the angels are going to win the division just because, um, you know, they're seven and a half games back with not a whole lot of momentum going for them. They have a negative 50 run differential, which isn't great. Um, you're looking at Houston, who has a plus 59 run differential. Oakland's weird. They have a negative 11. I don't know how they're still holding on, but they but they are. Um, but the negative 50 is pretty much almost the worst in the American League. The, the Detroit has a negative 58 run differential, and Seattle has a negative 52 run differential. So the Angels are down there, and I don't necessarily see how they're going to come out of it. Um, I don't understand how Hunter Strickland was a setup guy for the Giants and Rays, then do poorly with the Angels. That's the same thing I'm saying. I don't understand um, what happened with him there. I just, I honestly don't think that makes a lot of sense. Chris Rodriguez, Jackson, and Adams for means they weren't willing to trade Rodriguez for Snell. I doubt they're trading Rodriguez for means. Rodriguez is super controllable. You're talking about six years of control a young pitching uh, prospect for John means. I mean, means is fine. Means is good, but I just, I don't, you know, unless means turns into a Cy Young type of guy, I don't necessarily know if that trade makes sense. Just the fact that they had Chris Rodriguez. People asked for Chris Rodriguez in a lot of these trades this off season, and they weren't willing to trade him now and then. And now they can actually see what he can do. I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't think that we're, I don't think angels are going anywhere near that. And I don't think any, I don't think any professional guy that does this for a living would even go near that. Um, playoffs will be tough as hell. We need pitching, and this staff isn't winning a playoff game against elite teams. Rodriguez is great when healthy, but that's the issue. He isn't very healthy often. So why would you're so you're making a case, which is true. He has had health issues. So why would Baltimore take him? If this is all true, why would Baltimore? Say, do you know what? He hasn't been healthy. Ah, let's take him anyways and let's give him our best pitcher. 
That doesn't make any sense. So I think if you can make an, a, 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 a point to where um, against your own trade proposal, I don't know how that works out. But we'll see how this team goes again. They end up taking one of three from the Oakland A's this weekend. Um, should have won two. Truthfully, should have won two. I think there's been some mismanagement of the bullpen. And granted, everyone loves to say, put the players out there and they need to perform. If that was the case, if it was easy as telling a guy to go out there and say, Hey, go pitch. Why do we, why do we paint? Why are we paying managers? We could put a fan out there and do it and be fine. Like, obviously there's something behind it. So um, they need to be able to, they need to be able to, you know, obviously uh, get some of those games in hand when they're up late and, and are able to obviously, you know, hopefully put a bullpen out there that won't blow a lead because the same thing that cost them last year, the same thing that seems like it's been costing them this year. And that's the blown bullpen uh, situation. And, you know, starting pitching, you know, without Bundy's situation today has actually been um, fairly okay. You know, they've been doing okay. Is that back in the bullpen? Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, they are rebuilding, and those type of teams are normally willing to take chances on those high upside guys. They would get three really high upside guys for one starter. Yeah, Means is 28 years old, so it's not like he's old. So he can still be around during the rebuild. So, you know, I still don't think that makes any sense. Use that, use that pool's money. Try to get Upton off the books and just spend the hell out of it in the offseason for pitching. Pool's money does come off the books. I doubt you're going to get – if you can't get pools off the books early, you're probably not going to get Upton off the books either. That's the sad part of it. Can we trade John John for John Gray or Yarmin? Uh, again, I don't think they will, at least not right now. If they will – if they turn it around and they make some serious headway in, in the division and now all of a sudden you're looking at the trade deadline and you're what? five four or five games out yeah go for it but i think right now with the direction the angels are going and the direction the a's are going i don't think that's a wise move because now you're going to give up a lot of these guys and you're not going to have um you know you're not going to have a season to where they can even compete for a playoff spot because you're going to be so far behind um i just think again the best bet the one that makes the most sense like again yes if if Team X is willing to trade you their ace player for nothing. Yeah, of course you take that. But the one that makes the the one that makes the most sense to me, the plan that makes the most sense to me would be you have to let these guys develop. Everyone loves about talking about we need young pitchers. We have young pitchers. We just need to get a staff around them to develop them. Um, John Gray could be an interesting guy to consider if he ends up liking it here. He is someone you could bring back next season. Again, if he likes it next year I, or here in Anaheim, I don't know. Talking to people that walk through that stadium on daily basis, and not just part of the stadium that we see, but the part of the stadium that the players see, and then walk through stadiums that the players see at other stadiums. Angel Stadium ain't that nice. I hate to break it to the <laughs> to everybody fan wise. Angel Stadium underneath, you can tell its age very easily compared to these nicer, newer stadiums. So. While in theory it's great to want to have guys sign with the Angels, Angels have a lot of stuff going against them right now to sign free agents. And I'm not even talking about the tax money, where 
you sign a $20 million a year contract here, you sign a $20 million contract in Texas, you're going to get a lot more of that $20 million in Texas than you are here. So there's a lot of stuff going against the Angels in that situation, and you have to hope you have to overspend for guys to kind of make up the difference or give them that extra year to make up the difference, and you're really going to have to hope that they perform. Angels Clubhouse is very nice, though. Eh, nice compared to what? Now, nice compared to Tempe Diablo? Absolutely. But, again, we're talking about where they work out, where they eat, where they, you know, batting cage, all that stuff. And, again, I've known people to walk through there on numerous occasions and say, hey, this isn't as nice as Safeco. Hey, this isn't as nice as um, PNC. This isn't as nice as these newer ballparks. And for what it's worth, you know, if, if you're a guy that is a free agent and you just kind of want to see where you're going to play most of the time and you see this and you see that and you see the state-of-the-art um, training, you know, room with all the gadgets and all that stuff, that might make you lean one way more than the other. And that makes perfect sense. So hopefully the stadium issue comes up really quickly because I think a lot of people are, um, you know, I hope a lot of these fans realize that maybe tearing it down a big new stadium is going to be best for the angels. It's not as nice as Dodger stadium compared to Oakland is nice as hell. Yes. Compared to Oakland, everything is nice as hell. Absolutely. So that's why, again, how many times do you see Oakland sign big name free agents? They lose all their free agents. So, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand. Have you, uh, have you seen the batting cages under the two thirties of it? Awesome. Great. That's one section of it which is fine for the fans. They do that for the fans. I'm talking about walking through the tunnels, like from the dugout to, you know, the bullpen. And again, these are people that I've talked to that have talked, that walked through numerous, numerous, numerous stadiums in baseball, not just angel stadium three or four times and say it's pretty because it's the only one you have to compare. I'm talking about talk, walking through numerous ballparks and numerous States that are a lot newer, a lot nicer, and a lot more upgraded than the Angels. I'm sure the Angels have some stuff that they can really polish up and make look nice. But, uh, I mean, it's like the third oldest stadium in baseball. If you don't think there's some oldness somewhere down in there, you're absolutely crazy. Um, but with that being said, hopefully we get some news about the stadium. Hopefully we can see what's going to happen with this new stadium now that already spent all his money on that. Uh, tunnels are rough for sure, but it looks like many other tunnels, Petco Park tunnels are really rough, and the Visitors Clubhouse of Petco Parks are the smallest. Who cares about the Visiting Park, uh, Visitors Clubhouse? If you're trying to sign a guy, you don't want him to see the Visitors Clubhouse. Anything, make it small. Say, hey, when you come visit, this is the clubhouse. You really want to sign with another team? Make the thing as small as you can. I mean, we're not talking about the Visitors Clubhouse. The stadium should, uh, should by the way, more interactive by now. It's 2021 Angels and stuck in 2016. Yeah, the, the best thing the Angels got going for them right now with the stadium is the the scoreboards that they put in a couple years ago. Other than that, you know, you can't really – I mean, for a fan, you go to Petco, it's a whole different ball game. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, like I mentioned, Angels off on Monday, two-game series against Texas. You have Andrew Haney pitching on Tuesday, and then you have Griffin Canning pitching on Wednesday, and then the Angels go up to Oakland in the dump that we call the Coliseum that we talked about a little bit earlier for the weekend. And hopefully we're able to play the A's a little bit better there. 
off topic, but the food selection in the stadium is awful compared to other parks. Yeah, I've noticed that too. It hasn't been great, and it's kind of been going downhill for a little while. Um, I did uh, I did that with my class a couple years ago, and I know what you mean. Tunnels are going to sit in battle cages and dug out and need some work. Yeah, so again, and then you, it's hard to compete with all these new stadiums that are popping up. It seems like every year there's another stadium. Last year you had uh, the Rangers' new stadium. What, the year before that you had – Atlanta's new stadium. It just seems like these new stadiums are popping up left and right. And if, you know, if angels want to compete and that definitely helps you make something pretty and you offer to someone that's definitely going to help um, get some new free agents. So like I mentioned, we'll be back on Wednesday night after the one o'clock Rangers game against Anaheim in Anaheim. So until then I will see you Wednesday night. Have a great one. Uh, This has been another edition of the all angels podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.